What does one say when God wants to speak? This week has been a very tough week for our church family. This week has been a tough week for me. Lots of emotions as I have sought the Lord and processed what God has led me to process. And I had prayed, Lord, whoever steps in that pulpit, they're gonna need a lot of prayer. I hope it's not me. And God, just through our elder team and our leadership team, revealed that I would be the one to bring the message. And I said, Lord, that ain't even right. (laughs) Why you gotta do that to me? And I wrestled with God and I actually told God, no, no thank you. Because I I don't think I can emotionally handle it, God. I'm probably gonna go up there and I'm gonna probably cry. And people aren't gonna understand a word I'm gonna say. And God smote me. Since when did you speak anyways? I'm sorry, God. As a matter of fact, Chanta, let me take you to my word. Don't you remember that it's my words that bring forth life? Don't you forget that I am the resurrection and the life? Don't you forget that it's my words that bring comfort and healing? It's my words that bring grace. It's my words that bring hope. There's nothing that you could possibly say that really matters. Fell on my face and fell on my knees to God and I said, God, why was I so foolish? In a moment when I would have the audacity to tell you that I don't wanna do something, because of my own pride and my own insecurities and my own vulnerabilities of the moment. And I took it upon myself. Shame on you, Chanta. And I prayed to God, Lord, would you be glorified in our midst? Would your glory fall so fresh on this church? Would your majesty be declared upon this generation, upon this body? Would you have preeminence as Colossians tells us that in all things Christ may have preeminence? In John 13, he says that he may have increase that I may decrease. When we are at our lowest, Christ is at his highest. He is being glorified in our church in times where we need him most. And to this body of believers, I would dare say we need Jesus. We need his words of comfort. We need his Holy Spirit who is the comforter. 
We need his joy because in his presence is fullness of joy. And in his right hand, there is life forevermore. We need the glory of God to shine round about us and his angels and 10,000 angels to say, holy, 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 worthy is the lamb and all God's people just need to join him in majesty. That's all we needed to do today. I still believe the Bible is the word of God. I still believe that Jesus saves. I still believe that he still sits on his throne and he's never given up his throne. Not for anyone, not for anything. Nothing has taken God by surprise and nothing will ever take God by surprise. I'm so grateful this morning that already we've received good news. I love good news. Dan Linsky and his wife had to answer to prayer. His son has come back to Jesus Christ. We can celebrate that. I received good news that a young lady, Hannah Long, trusted Jesus Christ as her savior this week. I received good news from the Bartles who said, my daughter was, my daughter-in-law had cancer, but God answered the prayer and now she is cancer free. Hallelujah. And God is still in the good news distributing business because God is the good news himself. He is the distributor of hope. He is the distributor of grace. The gospel is good news. We're committed more than ever to love Jesus passionately. We're committed more than ever to dig into his words so that we can receive hope and glory from him. We're committed more than ever to see the people in Indian River County and beyond the state of Florida into the nations that many would receive Jesus Christ and would know about this good news. We're so committed that next week we have a missions emphasis so that we can declare the good news, so that we can have a meeting where we come together underneath the banner of the cross, underneath the word of God and say, God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we want to take your name and declare to the nations. We'll iron all that out because God, you make all things straight. You direct our path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. He makes a way when there is no other way. That's our God. That's my Jesus. And he's still on the throne today. Hallelujah. So what what does one say during a week where tears were shed, where emotions were high? Well, I know what I'm gonna say. Nothing. I'm just gonna let God speak. This is what he ministered to me this week. And I just want to share my heart with you. John 11, would you turn your Bible there, please? John 11, verse number one. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Verse number four. 
But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so the Son of God may be glorified. Oh, my goodness. I received such words of comfort from Scripture from this verse, from the whole chapter, but God did something in my spirit this week. Dave, God said, this sickness is not unto death. It's for the glory of God. This sickness is not unto death. It is for the glory of God that Jesus made the Father may be glorified through it. And so I said, oh God, I know I'm sick right now. I know many in our church are sick right now, but God, it feels like death. So God, would you please come? You Would you come now? Would you come right away? Would you come restore? Would you come heal? Would you come do what you need to do so that we can be better? And God said, In verse five and six, I'm just gonna stay right here for two more days. And I said, God, you must not have heard me because I'm like Mary and Martha and I'm running over to you. And I said, Lord, don't you remember? We were just the ones who were with you in our house and I, I, I washed your feet with my hair and your brother Lazarus, he is sick. He's not just sick, but he's sick unto death. You've gotta come, aren't you gonna come? Mary and Martha, this sickness isn't to death. It's for the glory of God so that God can be glorified through it. But, but wait, God, God, it's okay, Mary. I'm gonna stay right here and everything's gonna be all right. Mary and Martha go back home and they're frustrated and sure enough, Lazarus, Amy, dies. He dies. And so the story, as we continue to read in verse number five, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed there two more days longer in the place where he was. And after that, he said to the disciples, after two days, let us go unto Judea again. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you and you are going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? Verse number 10, but if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Got to walk in the light. After saying these things, he said unto them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his, uh, Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told him plainly in verse 14, Lazarus has died and for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin, said to his this fellow disciples, let us go that we may die with him. Later on in chapter 11, verse 38, all the way down, uh, verse 38, then Jesus deeply moved again to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone, Martha. And the sister of the dead man said to him, Lord, by this time there is an odor for he has been dead for four days. Jesus, now pay attention to these words. Verse number 40, Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? Because in verse number four, just earlier, four days ago, Jesus said he wasn't dead. As a matter of fact, he is not dead, but I'm going to come to you and you're going to see that he is not dead. He's alive forevermore. You've got to understand that Jesus was the resurrection and the life. 
All things are by him and without him, there is nothing that is made. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the same was in the beginning. Don't you remember in verse three and verse four, and the word became flesh and he dwelt among us. He sent forth his word in verse number four, when Mary and Martha thought he was dead, Jesus sent forth his word. He sent his promises ahead of time. And may I tell you today, God has sent a word for us ahead of time. We already came to our knees this week and to the altar and to our place of praise and worship and prayer closets. And we begged God, oh God, Holy Spirit, come. And God said, yes, this sickness isn't to death. It's for the glory of God. He was declaring his word and we just didn't see it. And so now it goes. So he took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I knew that you always hear me, but I said on the account of the people standing around that they may believe. I wanna show you 10 things that God taught me, hopefully in 10 minutes. Number one, if you have your notes, I want you to write these down because you need to write it upon the table of your heart and you need to see what God is going to do in your heart this week. Number one, the hurts and trials that you are experiencing is painful because of your deep love. The reason it's so agonizing, the reason it's so painful, the reason you came with so many tears in your heart this week is because you love him. And I love him too. As a body of Christ, we all love him. No wonder it's been painful. If it wasn't, if you didn't love him, it wouldn't be painful, would it? So there's an element of understanding this. Mary and Martha, it was because of Lazarus' love that it was so painful. God understands. In verse 35, the shortest scripture in all of the Bible says two mere words, Jesus wept. It's painful. The second thing that God taught me through this This has happened so that we may provide God an opportunity to be glorified. God wanted an opportunity to be glorified in his church, in this place. The sickness was not unto death, but for the glory of God, verse number four. The third thing I learned was God loves me and God loves you. He reminded us of this when in verse number three, he says, so the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Verse number five, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. That little children's song that we sing in nursery and primary church, Jesus loves me, this I know for the Bible tells me so, that's not just for children, that's for us. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. If you're here today, God loves you and God wants you to have everlasting life. If you do not know Jesus as your personal savior, today the Bible says, behold, is the day of salvation. He loves you. Number four, I learned that Jesus heard you. He heard me. 
Verse number six. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he heard you. Sometimes we think that God doesn't hear us. It's like, wait, God, did you not understand what I was trying to say? Do I need to speak louder? Do I need to speak slower? Do I need to speak in sign language? Do I need to bow? (laughs) What do I need to do? God, you gotta come. And God was saying, I heard you. Psalm 119 reminds us of so many, the longest chapter in the Bible. My eyes look unto the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I cried unto thee, O God. Enemies surround about me, but thou art my refuge and my strength. My hope is in thee. In thee do I put my trust, yea, Lord, thou art the good shepherd. Psalm 23 reminds us of that, doesn't it? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Oh God, this feels like it. I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Isn't it him that leads us beside the still waters? Isn't it him that restores our soul? Isn't it him who anoints our head with oil? Isn't it him who delivers us from our enemies? Isn't it him who prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies? It's him. He's the good shepherd. And he's always been our good shepherd. He's never stopped being our good shepherd. Christ, the head of the church. We are the body. We are the bride. I learned that Jesus heard me. Number five, Jesus not coming didn't limit his sovereignty. Just because Jesus didn't go and hear you right away, that did not limit his sovereign work. He was actually working in the midst of your asking. You just didn't understand it because you see in the natural realm and God works in the supernatural realm. And for that, we ought to be thankful. Corinthians tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against powers and principalities, against powers and rulers of darkness of this world. We're not each other's enemies. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. Oh, that we would embrace the love of God and we would embrace our sovereign savior. Number six, The opposition of some did not limit his sovereign work. The opposition of some didn't limit his sovereign work. You'll have to see verse number eight to know what I'm talking about. Verse number eight says, the disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you and you are going there again? Listen, just because there's opposition of a few, that doesn't mean God is not going to do his sovereign work. God's always gonna do what God needs to do because God is God and he'll never cease from being God. We say, OMG, but God does not. He says, OM me? (laughs) Nothing has ever caught God by surprise and nothing's ever gonna limit his sovereign work. The opposition of some did not limit his sovereign work. Number seven, Jesus 
heard you and interceded for you to God our Father. Verse 41, so they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Verse number 42, I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on the account of the people standing around that they may believe you sent me. You see, Mary and Martha went that way approaching Jesus. So that means logically speaking, Jesus is over here. And when he comes to them, he's facing their direction. Now get this. I know it's simple-minded, but that's, I'm just simple-minded. So when Mary and Martha presented the problem this way, he spoke the answer that way. Was it not the centurion servant who said, Lord, say in a word and my servant will be healed. You don't need to come over to my house. All you need to do is say a word. And I have faith to believe that you don't need to physically be over there. Send forth your word. And Jesus said, Mary and Martha, let me send forth my word. This sickness is not unto death. It is for the glory of God. And the word of God traveled all the way over here because the word of God, God is omnipresent and omni, uh, omniscient and all powerful. He is the Holy One. And he came over here and he said to Lazarus, Lazarus. Don't worry, buddy, you're not sick. This sickness is not to death, but it's for the glory of God. I'm just gonna magnify myself through this because you see, everyone needs to understand that I'm going to do a special work. Ezekiel reminded me of this and he said, Ezekiel said this, speak Lord to these dry bones. Come forth, Lazarus. Come forth. Number eight, learn to speak the power and the prophecy, authority, and the will of God. Learn to speak the power, the prophecy, authority, the will of God. Verse 43, when he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice. That's authority. He didn't just whisper it. He cried it out because he wanted everyone to hear that Jesus saves. Hallelujah. He didn't whisper it. Um, Lord. Would you, would you mind? Uh, Lazarus, um, my brother, he, he's sick and would you just heal him? He came forth and he declared in a word and he said, Lazarus is not sick. He is not sick. He is, the sickness is not unto death. It's for the glory of God. And then later he comes to Lazarus and he comes to the stone, to a cave. He sends forth his word. He stands in the cave. If you ever been in a cave, it echoes. I can imagine that word bouncing out. Hello, 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 hello. Lazarus, 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 Lazarus. How many times does it echo? Oh my goodness, no wonder that tomb just resonated with the authority of the word of God right there in that tomb. And Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus got up because the power and the authority of the word of God declares. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans not to harm you, but plans to bless you and prosper you. This is God's plan. God has a way when there is no other way. Number nine, people will believe in Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. We, through this, God, I don't know how. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I trust you that you are going to be glorified through this somehow. Father, may your people come together in a time of healing 
and a time of strengthening each other. The Bible says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Brothers, sisters, let's dwell in unity. Brothers, sisters, let's dwell in one accord. Not my Honda Accord, but in Jesus. In Jesus, we unite with him and his spirit. Number 10, and I'm done. 10, 10, I did all right. Take Jesus at his words. Take Jesus at his words. You have to take Jesus at his words because in verse number four, he told, he gave us a promise. So then we went and we doubted him and we went back into our house, hanging our head low, thinking, what in the world? I don't know. I thought he loved me. I thought he cared for me. He was even in my home. We broke bread together. We ate together. You had, you had noodles with me and you, I even gave you extra soy sauce, sriracha sauce. And I was like, whatever you need, I'll take care of you. And then all of a sudden I needed something and God, where were you? Take him at his word. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. First Peter 5, 7, cast your cares upon the Lord for he careth for you. We just need to believe him. We just need to remember that he is our, that we are the bride and he's the groom and he loves us. We have to remember that he's our good, good father. He's never stopped being good. He's always good. That's his name. He's alpha. He's beta. He is the counselor. He is our defender. He is eternal. He is father. He is forgiver. He is God. He is great. He is heavenly. He is holy. He is Emmanuel. He is the later one. He is magnificent. He is never ending. He is omnipotent. If I wish I knew my, all my alphabets, I'd say the whole thing to you. But I have to stop there. Let's worship him in majesty and in truth. Let me say one thing. Bearing one another's burdens, bearing one another's hurts is one of the greatest privileges that we have as a family of believers. One of the greatest privileges that we have is bearing one another's hurts as a family of believers. Now is the time for God to do his healing work. Beauty from ashes. That's what grace is all about. I'll take the brokenness, I'll take the mess, and I'll turn it into a message. I'll take whatever test that you're going through, and I'll make it a testimony. I'll take whatever trial that you've got, and I'll turn it into triumph, because I am a God of mercy and grace. Let's allow him to do his mighty work in our church. Let's dwell together in unity. Last thing I want to give you is this. Sometimes this really hit me. I want you to write it down. I don't think it's going to be on the screen, but if it is, praise God. Sometimes God doesn't give us a reason because he is trying to give us a revelation. That's what God gave me this week. God sometimes doesn't give us a reason because sometimes he's giving us a revelation. We are looking for something natural that we can surmise so that we can think and ponder in our 
finite mind and God is so infinite and so glorious and so majestic and so beautiful. His glory surrounds this atmosphere and we can't even imagine it. That's why Jeremiah 33 says, beyond that you can ask or think. Sometimes God doesn't give us a reason because he's trying to give us a revelation. Let's look for the revelation that God is trying to speak to his church. The situation enables the revelation. Some things die so that God can raise it up and give it new life. We cannot abide in life by reason alone. Sometimes we just need to yield to God for the revelation. Father, break us. Let's all stand to our feet, can we? As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I wanna ask this question because there might be somebody here that God is trying to speak to your heart right now. I believe he is because the Holy Spirit has been at work. He's so at work in our church right now. There's somebody here that you need to give your life over to God right now. I'm gonna ask this question as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if there's somebody here, you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal savior, but today you would like to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. You would like to say, God, I don't understand everything, but Lord, I, I do know that, that, that I'm, I'm in need of a savior. I do know that I need you to work in my life. I need you to save me from my sins. There might be somebody here like that. You've been wrestling with this decision for so long. Don't wrestle with him anymore. God is at work. If, if everyone can just bow your heads and close your eyes, I wanna, out of respect for whoever it might be, if that's you this morning, would you lift up your hand? I just wanna pray for you. Is there anybody like that today? You say, I am not a Christian, but today I would like to know more about how I can become a Christian. Here's my hand, pastor, pray for me. Is there anybody like that today? Just lift it up and put it down. God is speaking to your heart. Yield to him. Slip it up and put it down. We want to celebrate with you what God is doing. Such a beautiful sight to see his children come together to worship him, to come to the altar. Oftentimes in the Old Testament, they would repair the altar. Sometimes in our lives, we need to repair the altar in our heart. And moments like this remind us of the sacredness of our walk with God of the holy communion that we have in fellowship with him. He who is so precious to give his body and his blood for the redemption of us, of, for mankind. I wanna invite you. Our prayer altar workers are available to pray with you. And many of you have already come to the altar to pray on your right or in the middle or at your seat, wherever God leads you. But let's do business with God.
display for all to see you are light you are light when the darkness closes in you are hope you are hope you have covered all my sins you are peace you are peace when my fear is crippling you are true you are true even in my wandering you are joy you are joy you're the reason that i sing you are life you are life in you death has lost its sting oh i'm running to your arms i'm running to your arms the riches of your love will always be Nothing compares to your embrace, light of the world forever. You are more, you are more than my words will ever say. You are Lord, you are Lord, all creation will proclaim. You are here, you are here. Your presence I made whole. You are God, you are God. Of all else I'm letting go. Oh, I'm running to your arms. I'm running to your arms. The riches of your love will always be enough. Nothing
Hallelujah, church. Give him the praise. Listen, linger, fellowship, love each other. God bless you, church.